the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit. Be with us again this afternoon as we continue these services. Again with a spirit of prayer that God would graciously be with us, make his way and his will known, and that he would create give unto us according according to this good person and according to our needs. I will read a portion of scripture from the third chapter of uh, the Apostle Paul's epistle to the Colossians. A very familiar portion of scripture that I am sure that your uh, servants in the word here have often times referred to it and preached upon it. And certainly I don't take it with that intention that there is something that I am able to bring out which has not been brought out. But it seems that this is uh, an appropriate portion of scripture also for for this day, Easter day, for the reason that uh, it speaks unto those people who have risen again with Christ into a new life. As we read, read in the first words of our text, I will read the first 15 verses for Jesus' name. If ye then be written with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, and shall ye also appear with him glory. Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence and covetousness, which is idolatry. For which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience, in the which ye also walk some time when ye live in them. But now ye also put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, guilty communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do you. And above all these things put on charity, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also you are called in one body of these men. 
The Apostle Paul here writes to a congregation of uh, believers, that is, uh, of whom he had received the report from his fellow ser servant Epaphras that uh, they had received the gospel of Christ and that they had believed it. And uh, the apostle Paul, who had been chosen, chosen uh, by the Lord to bring forth his name before the children of Israel, before the Gentiles, and before kings, in uh, obedience unto his calling, and constrained by the love of Christ as one who has also obtained mercy. He uh, was uh, inspired to write unto these Colossians who had been troubled, troubled uh, because of uh, misleading uh, teachings from other sources. And uh, certainly the apostle uh, desired to write unto them so that they might be comforted, guided, and strengthened in that which they had already rejoiced in when they received the gospel of Christ. And uh, among other things uh, here in the preceding chapters uh, which he has written about, he, uh, he goes then into uh, this uh, which we read of in this text with these words that if ye then be risen with Christ, that is, if you have come to know Christ Jesus, you have been raised into a new life, or resurrected from the mire of sin and unbelief, that you have had, uh, that you have been a partaker of the first resurrection, that you have come to know uh, Christ Jesus and his power, and have uh, been cleansed of your sins and you are rejoicing in the hope of the glory of God, he, uh, uh, he instructs them and encourages them to seek those things which are above. The apostle know that man liveth not by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth from the mouth of God. He knew that it was not sufficient for these uh, uh, children of God who had been born anew in, uh, in Colossus that, uh, that uh, they would just once believe and then uh, no longer uh, have anything to do with the word of God or seek those things which are heavenly and spiritual. Therefore he instructs them to seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Those things which are above are those things which, uh, which uh, have been given unto us from above, namely the Word of God and the Spirit which uh, has been shed abroad in our hearts, the love of God, and to seek those things which we need every day uh, in our uh, uh, Christian uh, uh, wayfaring here to be able to overcome the power and, and, the, and the lust of our flesh, the temptations of this present world, and uh, the cunningness and deceitfulness of Satan. 
Therefore we need, uh, as he writes in another place, uh, that we are to put on the whole armor of God. He uh, uh, teaches us that we are to uh, take heed of those things uh, which are above. And also that our affection might be uh, on things above and not on things on the earth. It is so easy for us to become so uh, entangled uh, in the affairs of this world, in, uh, in the things of this world which are so, uh, so in agreement with the lust of our flesh, uh, that uh, these spiritual things uh, can become of secondary importance in our lives. Certainly, uh, I am not accusing anyone, but I am speaking of my own experience, that I, I find this uh, to happen so often, that uh, the affection is so easily attracted away from that which is eternal, and into the things of this uh, 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 present uh, and vanishing uh, world and this life. But uh, I am sure that uh, we do not uh, rebel uh, against God's word in this uh, place when it reminds us of these things. I am sure that uh, we will all agree that we need to be reminded once in a while uh, that ought to be watching, lest we should fall asleep and become careless and indifferent. And, uh, uh, and for this reason the Apostle also must have wrote these uh, words unto the Christians at Colossae. And he uh, reminds them that uh, they, are, uh, they are dead. And, and he says, your life is hid with Christ in God. They are dead unto, unto that, uh, uh, which, that life which they lived previously. These people had not uh, come into Christianity, that is, uh, they had not been uh, taught, taught uh, the principles of the doctrine of Christ and of salvation from their childhood. These people uh, were living uh, in, uh, in ungodliness and without God. And uh, the Apostle refers to them that, uh, that they, uh, in their former times, they served in all, these, uh, in all these things of which he speaks of here, uh, when they did not uh, know Christ. And this, uh, this life, uh, they became dead to this life, when God's uh, holy righteousness uh, uh, struck conviction in them, and they found themselves to be sinners, and that that uh, life was a life of sin in their unbelief. And they uh, were born anew, they became new creatures in Christ, and their life was hid now in God with Christ. And they uh, rejoiced in this, they received life for their souls, these who were formerly dead through trespasses and sin. Spiritually they were dead, but now they were spiritually, spiritually alive. And in themselves and, in, and to the life of sin, uh, they uh, now became dead. For Christ had come to abide in their hearts, and uh, uh, they followed 
in his uh, footsteps and in, in his diet. Now, uh, the apostle speaks uh, of these things and, and assures them that when Christ, who is our life, who has come to abide in our hearts and lives in our hearts by, uh, by his spirit and we in him by faith, that when he shall appear, when he comes uh, to receive his own, uh, uh, when uh, the fullness of time has, has arrived, when he comes to receive his own, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. The apostle did not want to disillusion these uh, children of God in Calaus at all to think that now because they have uh, accepted Christ Jesus and uh, when they have received this peace and joy in their hearts, that now in this world they are going to have a very, uh, very uh, blissful life in that respect that everything will go uh, fine and that there will be no opposition or temptation or trial and that people will begin to honor them and take them up and, and glorify them. He did not want them to get this understanding at all. The Apostle Paul knew himself that it is a way of the cross. It is a way of, uh, uh, of self-denial, that is, uh, that uh, the spirit that we have received when Jesus has come to abide in our hearts, it is constantly, uh, 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 it is constantly at the controversy with our flesh and blood. There's a continual warfare, the spirit against the flesh and the flesh against the spirit. And uh, uh, he wanted us, uh, us as well as the uh, uh, Christians at Colossus, to look up to that time when he shall appear in glory, that then shall we also appear in glory. The very lowliest uh, child of God who here before the eyes of the world probably is considered nothing more than the scum of the earth will one day shine according to the word of Jesus that as he has said that then shall the righteous shine as the sun in the father's kingdom then shall we also appear with him in glory when that day shall come but until that day it will be the way of the cross but even then we will have that peace and joy that the world does not know of we can uh, have joy in the midst of tribulation we can uh, uh, feast upon the padded cat even at, uh, at such moments as the uh, psalmist has written that Lord thou settest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies and how often it has happened for the saints throughout all time I am sure that uh, there have been experiences in your lives with you beloved brothers and sisters in faith here uh, often times that you have recognized that the more difficult the trial, the heavier the persecution, and, uh, uh, and the more severe the test of your faith, the more you have rejoiced in your heart when God has opened, opened unto you the, the way that uh, Jesus has walked before you. And in the presence of our enemies, 
he can set a table before us, even as he did for the three men in the time of King Nebuchadnezzar, when uh, they rejoiced in the midst of the fiery furnace. That is the joy that the world does not know of, which is in the heart of a child of God who has who has uh, Christ Jesus abiding in his heart. Now the apostle, after he has spoken of these wonderful promises that we have in God's word, then he goes on and says, Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence and covetousness, which is idolatry. It perhaps seems strange to us. We began to wonder that what kind of Christians were they for whom the Apostle Paul had to write of such things. And uh, another amazing thing is that yet when the Apostle opens this letter, in the greeting, in the beginning of this letter, he addresses them with these words, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ at Colossus, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father. What kind of saints were these that the Apostle Paul had to write of such things for them. These, uh, uh, these uh, types of sins which, uh, which certainly uh, in our minds we can recognize readily that uh, these are not uh, the things that a Christian should be abiding or living in. And yet he calls them saints. But he used the word here, uh, mortified therefore your members. He did not make the mistake of leading anyone into that kind of a doctrine where one might begin to think that the flesh and blood of man is going to be sanctified in this time. That we are going to become such that we will be without sin. He did not make that mistake at all in saying that put away from you these kinds of sinful thoughts, lust, desires. And if you don't, you are no Christian. The devil is the one that comes and preaches that doctrine to us. He will tell us that we are not Christians because we have those kind of feelings in our flesh and blood. But the Apostle Paul did not use these words but he had rather used the word mortify to mortify. He knew that those uh, uh, people in Colossus, although they had received the, received the hope of eternal life, that they had received the forgiveness of sins in the blood of Jesus, and they had received the testimony of the Holy Spirit in their hearts, he knew that these people did not become sanctified in the flesh. He knew that they were sanctified in the spirit, and the flesh remained just as evil as it had always been. Therefore, he uses these words, 
and that certainly uh, we can take these for ourselves also because uh, the doctrine of Christ it does not make one kind of a Christian in one part of the country and a different type in another, another part of the country the doctrine of Christ makes only one kind of a Christian and it is always a Christian who finds himself to be a sinner he finds that he still has uh, this corruptible portion along with him and even uh, though he would uh, uh, put every effort that he could possibly conceive in his mind towards becoming holy in thought and uh, in every way to try to cast away that evil from him he finds that he is not able to and he oftentimes falls into great doubts and fears his joy begins to disappear from his heart and he begins to listen to Satan when he begins to preach to him that if you were a true Christian you wouldn't have those kind of sinful thoughts desires, lust, and evil present with you but this is the mystery of the gospel of Christ we are sinners and yet we are saints sinners according to the flesh sinners in ourselves but we are saints in Christ Jesus by faith we are justified we are sinners justified by faith through the merit of Christ and to this the apostle uh, draws the attention of the Colossians but he does not give permission he does not uh, give permission that we are to uh, give ourselves into the service of these sinful desires and lusts that come forth from our flesh but we are rather to be at war against them not at war with our own strength and our own efforts but with the power of the Spirit of God and I am sure that we have all experienced it that the, that the greater this fire of God's heavenly love is burning in our hearts the more strength we have to fight against our own evil flesh the world and against Satan this world begins to look cheap in comparison to that glory which is revealed to us when God by his Holy Spirit and his word opens to us the riches of his grace and we know that uh, we are much more able to uh, uh, be at war against the lust of our flesh when the love of God is burning in our hearts and uh, then we are able to bring forth the, the word uh, of the kingdom of God even unto others much more readily and more willingly the apostle uh, then uh, says here after he has mentioned these evils these evils of the flesh against which he uh, said we ought to be at war with, that we would not no longer yield our uh, members to their their service he then says in conclusion after naming these evils says for which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience this uh, portion of scripture uh, although uh, it is quite clear yet 
I prefer the Finnish translation of it uh, for explanatory purposes so that we may understand it even more closely. The Finnish translation says, For which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of unbelief. The English translation uses the word disobedience. It actually is the very same. But here it uh, brings to us uh, uh, one important fact that uh, it certainly means something that we are believing. Here it says that the wrath of God cometh upon the children of unbelief because of the even the sinful thoughts, the corruption that is in the flesh of man. The wrath of God rests upon the children of unbelief, not upon those who are believing. So is it worthwhile to continue in faith, beloved brother and sister? I am sure that you will agree that it is worth it, because when we believe upon the merit of Christ Jesus, this faith is accounted unto us for righteousness. God does not look upon that evil that is uh, present in our mortal flesh and blood, but he looks upon the merit of his only begotten Son, and in that redemptive work he sees that those that evil and that sinfulness he has been able to he has been able to punish that sin upon the upon the uh, holy body of his only begotten Son. And he looks upon us in the uh, fullness uh, and purity of the blood of his only begotten Son. So continue believing, even though you find yourself to be very sinful. It does not mean that, uh, that you are given permission from God's word, that you uh, are at freedom and at liberty to go ahead and serve every lust and desire and evil that comes into your mind uh, this is the service of sin but this is an important thing that we will always know that although we are sinners we are saints when we believe upon the lord jesus christ but the wrath of god cometh upon the children of unbelief let them be as perfect as they may in the eyes of the world. May they uh, uh, have such a good name uh, as a good citizen of the community or of the country, and may it be that no one could ever point an accusing finger at a person that they have erred in this or that, or that they have committed this or that thing. There are such people that no one can point a finger at them that they have done anything wrong. But yet, because of the corruption of their flesh, because of the evil that is in the heart of every man that has been born uh, uh, of the seed of Adam and Eve, they are under God's wrath because of the lust that is present. Because the commandment of God says, Thou shalt not covet and who is guilty in one point of the law, as the conclusion of the law says, is guilty of the entire law. And because of unbelief, as Jesus says, he that believeth not 
is condemned already because he hath not believed on the name of the only begotten Son of God. Therefore, this uh, uh, word is, uh, is uh, uh, very important for us to, to lay hold of that our salvation is by faith. May it not ever happen, as uh, I was uh, told by an elderly brother from Finland, uh, of an experience uh, uh, in the life of uh, one young person in Finland who, uh, who uh, had uh, denied her faith. She had said herself that I denied my faith with a clean conscience because I felt I was so sinful that I could not believe that I was a Christian because I felt so sinful. She had never committed any outward gross sins, never had gone into the service uh, of sin in that way as, as we know an ungodly life. But she could not uh, believe that she was a Christian because she felt so sinful and with a clean conscience denied her faith. Now the Apostle continues here that uh, when he's referring to the Colossians who had walked also in time past Indies, that was uh, their purpose in life as is the purpose uh, of many of the ungodly people and unbelieving people uh, that uh, they uh, will seek to fulfill only that uh, which uh, is uh, pleasant to the flesh and to their uh, carnal mind and that way of life. But uh, now the Apostle speaks of something else. We heard him speak of mortification. He did not say that uh, that becomes such as was mentioned before, that to become such that you will not feel any sinfulness in yourself. But now he speaks of putting away. But now he also put off all these. Anger, wrath, malice blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth, now committed sins, he speaks of, things which ha where we have uh, yielded our members to the service of the lust of, our, of, of sin and the lust of the flesh, and these things have taken place. Uh, anger has found a place in the heart, filthy communication, and blasphemy, and, uh, and such things. He speaks of these that we are to put away. I am sure that it is very, it has been taught here time and again. I am sure that Brother Mariamo has, uh, uh, has brought it out many, many times here in the English language. Uh, and you are very familiar uh, uh, with the principles of the doctrine of Christ. And I am sure that you all know where the throne of grace is to be found. There are, there are thousands and thousands of people in the world today who do not know where the throne of are. There are thousands and thousands of people in the world today who do not know where the throne of grace is to be found here upon this earth. People are convicted, they are seeking God but they do not know, although they have perhaps heard that there is such a thing as a throne of grace where a sinner can receive mercy and pardon and forgiveness for sins. I am sure that it is very well 
known with you here this is where we put off these things we put them off at the throne of grace where we can hear for our own selves with our own ears and believe with our own hearts the gospel message which speaks to us which is preached to us according to the commandment of Jesus as he on that first Easter evening uh, ordained that it should be preached <coughs> namely the forgiveness of sins in his name when he breathed upon his own disciples the Holy Spirit and, uh, and gave them the commission to go out and preach repentance and the forgiveness of sins there is the throne of grace where the gospel of, this, of the forgiveness for sins is proclaimed that be of good cheer your sins are forgiven in Jesus name and atoning blood this throne of grace is where we put off these things so uh, so this is what the apostle desires uh, us to understand now uh, certainly it is not uh, uh, it is not wrong that if we become so troubled because of our because of the evil we find in our hearts that we uh, are assailed by doubts and fears and uh, uh, Satan uh, uh, has been thrashing us to that extent that we uh, we cannot even uh, uh, believe that we are truly children of God because of the evil we find present with us it is not at all wrong if we flee to the throne of grace even if we do not have a committed sin upon our conscience it is not at all wrong if we ask to be blessed and assured that we still can believe and we we have every permission from the word of god to appropriate this unto ourselves uh, as sinners to believe our sins forgiven in jesus name and atoning blood but the word of god it also instructs us that these uh, these are not uh, those things uh, 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 these things are not to be understood in such a way that every evil thought even though you are uh, in your heart uh, certainly at the warfare against it if you uh, have an evil thought that you are going to have to have to uh, uh, come to confession for that to come to the throne of grace with every evil thought that has come into your heart i must admit that if this were the case i would not have time myself to do anything else but confess my sins from morning till night that is how our thoughts are corrupt we cannot control them no matter how we would wish to but when sin is committed the word of god calls us to repentance it calls us to repentance and to putting away and to this the apostle has has called uh, the colossians also and uh, yet uh, the apostle also recognizes that the children of god they are they do not become as angels in uh, in that respect that it is uh, not uh, at all that it is, it is impossible for them that they might sometimes fall in earth the apostle even speaks of such things uh, that uh, that uh, we ought to be watching that we would not lie one to another 
Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his feet. There was an old Christian fellow one time. He had been in faith possibly about, I would say, about 40 years. And we all knew him as a, uh, as certainly one who was uh, striving to, uh, uh, to walk after the Spirit and uh, in every way watching a very living soul. He personally gave me permission to speak of this. It was an experience that he thought probably would be of benefit to someone else and he told me that if you want to relate it sometimes in a sermon that you uh, are at liberty to do so. So uh, he said that uh, there was a time when he, uh, I asked him a certain question in uh, our, uh, in our temporal life, everyday life pertaining to the material things of this world. And where he should have said yes, he said no. It was not a very important thing, it was very insignificant. It actually didn't make much difference whether he would have said yes or no, but the fact was that he recognized immediately that he lied when he said no, instead of saying yes. Nine years later, he came to me and he explained to me what happened. He said that he said that uh, this has been bothering him for nine years. He has uh, been trying to uh, uh, be able to humble himself and to come and confess this and to receive it forgiven. And he said that Satan has made the way so difficult for him that, uh, that he uh, thought last night that, that he is actually going to take his faith away from him completely. In that way, Satan would want to snare us, to rob that joy and peace from our hearts and our souls. He would want to get us beset with sin and to keep us away from the throne of grace. This man said he had to pray he had to earnestly and sincerely pray unto God for strength and help that he could bring this out. It was actually nothing. Actually the thing that had happened was so insignificant that day there was nothing to it. But the fact was that Satan will make a mountain out of a molehill. He will make it so big and so difficult that we would finally uh, uh, finally go down in despair and uh, give up our faith. But he was able to receive the strength to speak of this. And, uh, and I, with joy, I certainly proclaim to him the forgiveness of sins in the name and blood of Jesus. And then he was at peace. It is not always the fact that how big or how small is the sin? The fact is, are we going to walk in obedience to the Spirit of God or not? The Spirit of God is 
the one that is leading and guiding us. It doesn't make any difference whether we are disobedient to the Spirit of God uh, uh, when he wants to uh, lead us to the throne of grace on account of a large sin or a small sin, but it is the fact that if we show obedience or disobedience to the Spirit of God. But those people who show obedience to the Spirit of God, it invariably is so that these people are preserved, preserved in a living condition of soul to the very end. And uh, they will be led in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. They will not be led astray into false doctrines and into misleading ideas, but God, who uh, has given his spirit unto them, that spirit enlightens them because it remains abiding in their hearts. When the spirit leaves us, we are on our own. No matter how much we know about Christianity, we still cannot see. No matter how much we would know about the histories of other people's, uh, 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 other people's faults and the mistakes they have made, the errors they have made in doctrine, even though we would know all these by heart, yet we ourselves will fall into some kind of an, uh, a, a false uh, understanding if we are on our own. But as long as the Spirit of God is in our hearts enlightening us and giving us the eyes to have, we will be led in that path that Jesus, the Son of God, has opened for us. There would be much more for this, to this text, but our time is drawing to a close, so we will close. There is uh, one uh, portion especially of this text uh, which is in the last words. I will read the last uh, two verses of this text. Uh, I will skip over some of these because it will take too long. Uh, the last uh, portion of this text reads, And above all these things put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. As important as all these things are, of which the Apostle has previously mentioned here, he says, Above all these things yet put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. Charity or love, that that is still more important and certainly we cannot put on love by ourselves we can't just get up and begin to be very loving and put on an attitude that we are going to start loving everybody when we are going to be a, a, a real Christian it is uh, as in the time of the beginning of this visitation in uh, Swedish Lapland as Lestadius uh, in his day writes, he says that some people have so much love that they do not need a savior at all. They are, in other words, they are uh, relying on that love which comes from the flesh of man and they have never come to know the love of God which is shed abroad in our hearts through the Holy Ghost. This is the love that we cannot acquire ourselves, but it is given unto us when we accept 
that fountain of love from which alone it can come, that perfect uh, heart which was uh, filled and which was complete with God's love, the, the, the heart of our Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ, when by faith we draw so near unto that that we can feel the warmth that comes from that perfect heart, that love which did not wax cold under the cross or upon the cross, but yet was moved in compassion to pray unto the Heavenly Father, that Father forgive them for they know not what they do. This is the fountain, the source of everything pertaining to eternal salvation. The apostle, this same apostle says in his letter to the Corinthians that Christ Jesus has been made unto us of God righteousness, wisdom, sanctification, and redemption. If you are looking and searching for righteousness, which would be acceptable in the sight of God, you will only find it in Christ Jesus. If you are looking for wisdom in spiritual things that you may know whence the road leads into eternal uh, glory, you will find it only in Christ Jesus. If you are searching for understanding that how should I walk upon this uh, way of life, my Christian conduct, my life here upon this earth, how would I know, how should I dress, how should I walk, where should I go, where should I not go, you will only find that wisdom in Christ Jesus, and he is our redemption. He is a redemption for our sins. He is made unto us our love in our as we have accepted as saviors. And regardless of how a person would be taught the uh, principles of Christianity, if a, an individual does not come to know Christ Jesus, as the only and complete reason for his salvation, we may be able to teach them how to walk a Christian life. We may be able to set them under some kind of a rule which they'll understand their head and will abide by it. But yet their hearts can be entirely empty of the knowledge of God. No joy, no peace, no joy of salvation, and no hope of eternal life. We cannot make Christians from the outside. God makes them from within. We, we, we need to be led by God's divine word and his holy spirit to that place that we can come to know God as our, uh, as our Heavenly Father through the maid of Christ Jesus whom we have sent for our salvation into this world. May God in his love and grace lead each and every one of us to that place where we are able to, able to see our way open up to eternal glory to the wounds of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to whom alone we honor glory and praise forever and ever. Amen.